Episode 10, I'm with my old friend, Will Chaney, man. We go all the way back from next pro basketball. He was lucky, my manager. Uh, he helped me uh, get to the process of interviewing some of these players from Europe, from oh, who played over in, overseas. And then, of course, you know, in the NBA, we had a, we had a blast about what, a summer ago, if not two summers ago. So it, it was awesome, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm glad to be finally joining you and like I said it's been a long time coming and we've been meaning to kind of get together for a long time but yeah it was fun doing those years in the next pro league with you man you had a lot of energy had a lot of insight and it was it was good to work with you man for real yeah it was great working with you man it was we, we learned a lot from each other um and we we, we and guess what we got to watch Daniel House <laughs> yeah for real that was an experience Corey yeah. Brewer and everything like man all those cats all those players. yeah man it was it was it was pretty tight watching some of these cats that I saw play college basketball and just it was it was a great experience you know and I, I found that I found I found that pro league next pro through LinkedIn somebody hooked me up and I was like oh snap I was like I was an Uber driver so I was like I'm trying to find internships hmm. in the summertime and, and more experience for a resume and so this woman, I forget mm -hmm. her name, but she sent me what was going on. I, I showed up. Of course, I seen Kelly Eichel there chilling. I took a break. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, how do I get put on? She, and Taylor, of course, she was like, hey. Shout out to her. Big yeah, shout out. she was like, a, it was an ease. She was basically saying like, oh, yeah, you can get on if you want to. I'm just going to see if it's, if it's something you want to do. You know, of course, we talked to Casey. Of course, Casey was the whole event manager, I think. So. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we just had a we we had a great time together. While she went to DC and had a little internship, uh, while we just, we hung in there and you know did our thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a real experience, and it was it was life changing for me actually because it just threw me into the limelight of like how to be in the media with professional players and like how to act around them. You know, yeah, that's like, good. it really showed me a lot with that. Hey, before we start, uh, bro, like you to this day, you still do the funny thing with your head, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you talk, <laughs> your head just moves like, slightly. It just like catches up. I just want you to know. So <laughs> I'm just trying to stop doing it. I don't know why I do. It's like a little habit or something. But eh, I'm working on my posture. It'll get better. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. It's all it's, it's all that matters. But hey man, so lately we've had a lot of back and forth with James Harden, Russell Westbrook getting traded. Of course, we had the draft, the drama about the luxury tax, and free agents going to start for the Rockets. So I want to talk to you about that and get your opinion on that. And, you know, both of, I, both, are, both, both of us are very pretty we're, – we're, we're, we're basically the inside when it comes to basketball. So mm -hmm. definitely NBA, maybe a little college, of course. But with James and Russ, man, um, this trade situation, it seems to me that I wouldn't say nobody wants them, but, I mean, the Rockets ain't getting for what they want in return. I mean – those are superstar players. Of course, it seems to me that nobody wants Russ. That's just we're going to come off and say rip. But James, the Rockets want so much because he's a superstar. The last eight years, he's been our franchise. He's got us to the playoffs eight times in a row since he's been here. He's got us to the Western Conference Finals twice. We've had, he's broken records. He's the second you know, leading scorer in Rockets franchise. 
I mean, mm-hmm. for us to give up James, we have to get something in return. Do you think that's going to happen for the Rockets? It's it's going to be very, very tricky for y'all because Tillman Fertitta did say, like, he's not getting rid of Harden unless he's expecting, like, a kitchen haul of a return. And the and the teams that Harden's interested in getting traded to, they're still trying to compete for, compete for a championship. So it's kind of like what kind of pieces are y'all expecting to get back in return because – like, for example, if Harden go, does go to Brooklyn, y'all probably get LaVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, and hopefully a multitude of first-round picks, but apparently that's not enough. But keep in mind, like, those dudes are still trying to compete, so they're not going to give, like, their whole entire roster for James, and as well as Philadelphia as well. Like, they're trying to remain in contention. But it seemed like with Harden and Westbrook, y'all are going to be stuck with them for a while. Like, y'all might just have to run it back next year with them. It's gonna be hella awkward, but it seems like that's what the route y'all gonna y'all gonna go. It, it seems to me as well that it will be awkward. I definitely for I think Kelly Iko, he don't see it coming. Like he's the guy who, I don't mm-hmm. know if you read that athletic uh that athletic article, man, but he put their whole entire business in the streets. And yeah, I peeped yeah. it. That so was <laughs> it's like dang, like in the locker room it's gonna be intense. I think that's why James really wants to leave, but the fact that he actually hashed out at Austin Rivers like that was was very it, it, it shows his character in a nasty way and mm-hmm. I've people kind of speak howling on James but at the same time they don't so in Houston it's like it's good love but fake love we love him on the court but off the court he's had some issues with like his people in general he's gotten better mm-hmm. though and, and we see things he's done in the community and he does a lot of things for the community he's giving money out all that other, other thing but when it comes to treating his teammates I don't think he's done that in the correct manner. Like the fact that you can yell at somebody for missing a free throw while he's on the bench, that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I gotta blame I gotta blame on somebody by missing this free throw. Why not you, dude? And it, him and Daniel House, they don't seem to get along at all. Cause you see mm. the, you see the time when he kicked the chair in in the uh in the crowd. I mean I, 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 he, I remember he, that he didn't kick a chair in the crowd, but he kicked the chair down and was he was very upset. And you can see it in the bubble where James was trying to tell him something. He was just like, all right, I got you, I got you, I got you. I'm like, I've seen that too. So, and plus, and I've seen Daniel talk to his teammates at Next Pro, where he was a mediator when, when a fight almost broke out between him and his teammates. But he wasn't exactly. about the fight, but he was, he was, you know, being a mediator, calming everybody down, letting everybody mm-hmm. know it's going to be okay. So you can tell D House is, is a pretty cool cat. Very, you know, uh, easy person to get along with as, I, as I've seen. You know, you talk to him. I never, I, I never talked to him. Um, well, he's a, he's a pretty down to earth type of guy. Yeah. And one thing I really noticed back in next pro league, like he's really family oriented. Like he didn't want to do any type of things without his family, like in a vicinity. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were supposed to do a documentary either with D'Angelo Harrison or House family, either one or the other. But basically, like they're real tight knit. He's a really humble cat. Had very, you know, rough beginnings, but. Now he got that three, that eleven million dollar contract, and now he's doing better for his family. But back to what you said about Harden, his leadership really like came in the limelight this year to me because I've been seeing a lot of, you know, trade machines and stuff on Twitter, and I've been seeing um, reports of him saying, "Oh, Miami should trade for him," and I was like, "No, I feel like that would be the worst fit for him because as a leader, I never really trusted Harden." Yeah, he is a great scorer. He did lead Houston to playoffs eight straight times. But as a leader, I never was impressed. Like he never was that type of dude to help uplift their uplift his teammates, especially when they make a mistake. 
like you said, with Austin Rivers, he blamed him for his own mistake. Like, what kind of leader does that? You know? Yeah, and just to, just to, and I remember a few years ago. Uh, this is when Dan Tony was coaching the Rockets, and I guess he called James out about his leadership, saying he's not a great leader, and James mm-hmm. like he's a clown. But I guess Mikael was speaking facts. Because I think that's why teams like Boston, I, I don't know if it's kind of a race thing because it, it seems like they said they heard something about James and they're wanting to stay away from him. So mm. I think it was the locker room debacle, the fact that he can't own his own mistakes is costing him to get traded to other teams as well. So it's like, yeah, if right. I bring this guy in my locker room, will he be will be a cancer? And I think that's what James is trying to leave because he hears all the negative things about him as well. Because I don't really see oh, the only time I, I don't really see James chilling with NBA cats like that, besides maybe maybe Russell Westbrook. Like you mm. see him chilling a lot with rappers, not a lot of ball players. Little so, baby and, in them, yeah. Yeah, he chills with all, a lot of rappers and his friends, of course, which is which is cool. But yeah, I can, I can tell That's you right cool. now why he's not a really friendly type of individual. Chessman, I tell you this, he's not. <laughs> He's not a like he's could, okay, but he's not a friendly type of individual. So I mean he'll be you could tell his relationship. My bad. Oh. You could tell what his relationship with Co-Star is that it is kind of rocky because like during those eight years, Daryl Moore, he built a team that's accommodated for Harden for every single year. At first he had Kevin McHale, Hall of Famer coach, that ended up sour. After that, well, during that you get Dwight, his batch of the basket game didn't fit to the team, and you lost him. Then a couple of years later, CP3, he didn't move the ball enough for his liking, so he lost him. Like, it's always little, little things with Harden when it comes to Kosar's that he's never able to end up with one for a long extended period of time. And so what you said, like, he's not – he doesn't seem that much of a friendly dude when it comes to, you know, like, sharing a spotlight with other teammates. And Russell's, like, honestly the closest one I've seen with him when it comes to that. Yeah, that too as well, like – I feel like James is going to struggle to be on other teams. I think that locker room, if you put James Harden in Brooklyn, you think it's going to work? Hell no, bro. It seems good on paper, but three different personalities, maybe with Kevin Durant, it will work. It will work with James Harden, Kevin Durant, or Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, but it can't work with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving because of James Harden, Kyrie Irving. They're both they're, yeah. they're both primary ball handlers. They, I mean, Kyrie seems like a cool, mellow guy. Like he's a likable guy, even though the, mm. the, the media is giving bad press. I think he's a likable guy. He just speaks facts. Mm-hmm. And, and this report saying Kyrie doesn't want James there, and that's probably the reason why. And they, I, well, other than that, they are good friends because they see him get along a lot. Um, yeah. So, but just playing with James, nah, because they're both like I said, they're both primary ball handlers. They're both great scores. James mm-hmm. is better score, um, better player. But if you like, it's just just not gonna work because if Harden would played off the ball, this different story. But he didn't right. play off the ball. Like, he's not a guy who's going to go around picks. He's a pick-and-roll guard. He's an isolation mm. guard. He's not a screen, uh, I'm going to go around a bunch of screens to catch and shoot. I mean, he might catch and shoot just 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 him being by himself. But when it comes mm. to him being like a Ray Allen or a Richard Hamilton or just in general, a Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, that's not his game at all, you know? Or, yeah. But it did just I don't see how that would work. And just three different personalities – Maybe they go. Maybe they go to East Conference Finals. Maybe they go to the Finals, but they won't beat the Lakers because of that team and chemistry. And that's my opinion on that. But Russ's situation, people don't want Russ. Is because of the way things went in a bubble, his hamstring, and then the the play he had finishing up through the playoffs. It's, 
to be honest with you, like, I don't, <laughs> I've been trying, like, believe it or not, the whole time Russ is in Houston, I try to lower my tone with that due to professional reasons, of course, but I never really did fancy Russ as a player. And like I mentioned in my recent podcast, Russ, I feel like Russ is one of the most toxic players in the NBA because off the court, he's going to show you love, buy the whole team PS5, you know, take you out to dinner, but on the court, he's going to do whatever the hell he wants because he wants the Westbrook. He's going to shoot those contested threes in the corner when they have two wide open, two wide open players on the perimeter ready to shoot. He's going to drive in through contact, neglecting any type of basketball IQ he has. And it's one of those cases to where, like, Russ is 31, right? 31 years old. He's just now, like, finishing up his prime. And other teams are looking at that like, man, this is the best type of Russ we're going to get. And if you look at him compared to other teams, the fit is not going to work. Unless he ends up on a, you know, a little – Knicks. Yeah, Knicks or Charlotte Hornets, that'd be a perfect place. Or a magic team with the all those places that Stone or Fatita called for us, mm. it didn't work well. Like no, no, nobody's really biting on Russell Westbrook. It didn't work in LA as well. That's the four teams in a row. If mm. I was Russell Westbrook, I would want to be in Houston. I'd be pissed off. Like I'd be pissed off. Like I'd be <laughs> want to run through a wall. Like y'all got me all the way. Like, man, PJ 13. But what's a good word for this? Okay. I want to do F bomb. I want to yeah. say F bomb for one time. My shot. I think I want to, but I'm not. I'm not. I mean, y'all got him all the way messed up because nobody wants a superstar player like Russ. I mean, of course he had a bad mm-hmm. bubble play, but but before the bubble, he was averaging 27 and a half points a game, bro. Dude was a beast between January, February, and March. Started he mm-hmm. started the season slow, but then Tony outplayed his stubbornness and actually made adjustments towards Russ by getting rid of Clint Capella, and then he started blossoming. And then you see that. But now it's like, in my opinion, I would trade James, keep mm-hmm. Russ, convince Russ to stay in Houston until his remaining of a contract. Then just what I would do. And then, because he does, because mm-hmm. he did get an OKC. If you give Russ some players that can get him at least to the second round, if not third, he'll want to be here because they didn't put the right pieces around him in his MVP year. And so they got their ass whooped in five games. So mm-hmm. if you put the right pieces around him, he'll he'll do just fine in Houston. So trade James, convince Russ to stay, and get the right pieces around him and build around him. And you're still in rebuild mode, though. Right, exactly. But that's the tricky part for the Rockets, too. They tried to kind of do that with Russ when they traded Capella. They tried to accommodate the offense, what it was liking. And it's, it's one of those cases where y'all are kind of, you know, Y'all kind of physically lax to Russ. Like, y'all kind of need him there. Yeah. Because if he leaves and Harden leaves, what team is that going to leave y'all? Like, of course, y'all going to rebuild, but y'all still haven't signed a big man. Y'all have um, y'all don't have another point guard to take his place, especially when he leaves. And like, there's a lot of situations that you have to weigh in to where if you keep Russ, you're going to have to put up with that style of play for years to come. And that's for sure. But I feel like it would be easier if you just – I know, I know dealing hard is going to be hard, but I just take the best deal available to where it's not completely a kitchen hall, like a yeah. full of players and picks. Y'all just need to get exactly what y'all need and just move on because if y'all go into next season with them, it's going to be very, very it's, awkward. And it's bad for Siles because he's a first-time coach. Steven Siles was, was expected to get an energized James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Optimism mm-hmm. was high for him. And he spoke highly of them. So – 
the fact that he might not, not get what he wants, it's going to be pretty – if he can convince James and Russ to play together – I mean, not play together, but just play throughout the season and have a great season both of those guys and mm-hmm. still be able to dominate the season and hopefully the playoffs, Siles can win coach of the year. Really, with the drama yeah. he's got going on, he can win coach of the year if he get if 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 things go right between James and Russ and the team. That's the goal, and then hopefully, but let's transition to this like Rockets free agency. Do you think that will scare free agents away to come to Houston if James is there? Uh, yes, yes, and no. If you're a big name free agent looking to fall on a contending team in order to compete for a championship, Houston's not the way to go because it's already evident that the nucleus is James and Russ. So the offense is going to be ran through them. So if another free agent comes, you're automatically going to be third fiddle or just a sideline player. Like you're going to be somebody to complement their game. So you're not going to have like full on control like that if you go there. But like we talked about earlier with Harden's leadership, that might rub some free agents the wrong way too. Yeah. Because who wants to get cussed out for somebody else's mistakes? Like, who would want to play around somebody that has no accountability? No accountability. Like, that's a turn off for a lot of players. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you, you see why the Warriors and LeBron James, and I said LeBron James, and I said the Warriors team, and I said <laughs> maybe uh, the Warriors were – wait, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clinton Thompson, Draymond Green, a bunch of personalities. Yeah, Draymond rubbed Clay Tom- – I mean, KD wrong the wrong way that – Mm. It's last year in, in Golden State, but, but those two years prior to that last year, they were on the same page. They had great team. They had great team chemistry. They won a lot of games. They knew when to take the shots, and they had a great time playing together. So mm. hopefully James learns from that. But I don't want to scare you know free agents away like Christian Wood, and I don't know if we're going to sign guys like Christian Wood because our owner is scared like your tax. Do you think Tim Vitita should step down as owner because he can possibly scare um, – he can basically scare players away. And, of course, will he harm Stone's legacy like he harmed Daryl Moore's legacy because he's not giving him much effort because you see in the draft, we had two first-round draft picks, bro. You know how pissed I was? Mm. I wrote an article about yeah, that. And I meant to ask you what the heck happened. Uh-huh. We get, I could. I wrote three players, like the articles. I mean, I wrote three players inside of an article that we could have gotten, but he traded away so we can be so we can be below the threshold of luxury tax, and another thing as well. But mm. he wanted to for the cheaper way, I guess, to, to attack free agents, and we end up getting a, a, a nice draft pick. You know, Kenyon Martin in a, in, a, in the second round. He's nineteen. He's young. Yeah, so, yeah, I love uh, him. Which is King Jr. I love him, bro. His dad was a beast. His dad was an athletic monster. For but real, for real. I want to see how they. I want to see how he's gonna play. I think he'll be fine. I think he's a friendly guy, and you need and you need a friendly voice in there. And I, I don't mm-hmm. want James to mess with him. That's the that's the goal. So mm-hmm. Houston said they're tired of James. So let's see if they trade James. But like I said, you think Tim Fatita should step down as an owner? Um, uh, absolutely. Because as of right now, like coming to Houston and learning more about the team, like he basically was loaned the Houston Rockets. And from the looks of it, Dale Moore had been carrying that organization for years and years. Like Tillman Fertitta is not a basketball guy. He's strictly a businessman. And comes with most, and the thing that comes with most businessmen, they're cheap with their bread. So Tillman Fertitta, he's obviously showing that he's not willing to spend over the luxury tax to get that certain player to accommodate James. Like he's just not going to do that. And I feel like a lot of players are realizing in Houston that he's not going to try and make the certain adjustments to help improve the team. 
So that's another reason why a lot of players on that team are frustrated as well, along with James and Russ. But step down as an owner, yeah, it's a long shot, but I feel like he should. Because it's time for an actual basketball mind to run Houston. Because I know mm-hmm. I know in these coming years, whoever gets mm-hmm. traded, y'all not yeah. going to drown in mediocrity for that long. Like, y'all, y'all going to need a change. Yeah, right now, Leslie Alexander is looking down at the organization right now and is like, Shaking his head like, man, I left, I left, <laughs> I left my hard work to a man who is cheap and has no money. That never like, works for sports teams. And it's not, it's not even like the fact that he had, like, he borrowed money, $200 million, if not, yeah, $200 million just to buy the Rockets. And the fact, I think he was trying to make that money back because he was, he was goal was to make the money back. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Corona happened, his business has suffered. He can't make the money back. So now he right. has to wait. But in my opinion, if that happens to the team. And now that, you know, we have a new president office, taxes are going to hit harder for people who make over $400 million. Wink, wink, Tim and Fertitta, billionaire. Right. right. So <laughs> that's, really, that's really the reason why we had to sell, we had to uh, get rid of those two draft picks and pick up three future ones for next year and buy mm-hmm. a second round draft pick for $4.7 million so we can get Kenyon Martin, which is still a good draft pick. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And I want to see his upside. I want to see how he's going to turn out in Houston. He looks like a project, but I think he'll turn out to be just fine. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I was impressed with Kenyon Martin as a player. I feel like that's like that's one of the people I that's one of the people I listed as the steals of the draft because he's a young guy, 19 years old, 6'9, almost like his daddy, has great size, and he could put the ball on the floor too. That's one thing that shot me the most. He's a real agile player, can get to the basket efficiently. And if he gets a lot of playing time for Houston, that'll be that could be a great pick for y'all. That'd be goal, but I want to see him get Christian Wood tonight. That's the goal. And yeah. I, right now, I'm tired of writing just articles in general because you don't know what they're going to do. with the, There's days where they're going to keep James. There's days when they're going to keep Russ. There's days when they say, oh, we're going to, like I said, they're going to keep Russ and James. And one day, oh, we're going to trade them. So right mm-hmm. now, when they make when the organization, when I, or if I can find a noise out from somebody else or get a source and find out what, what teams are actually going to want them. Like I said, mm-hmm. they're, they're looking to trade James, but just James doesn't get to say where he wants to go because he's still, he's still under contract. So yeah. he has to he has to, since he wants this move, he has to uh, understand it's a business and he has to go where he wants to go until his contract is over with. So, yeah. And think, think about it like this too. For it might be one of those, it might be one of those situations too where they have, they have, they pull a Kawhi Leonard on him. He might have to stick with a team for one year and see how he kind of likes it. Like, you know, not willingly. And he might just move on to another team then because at this point, like right now, his, trade value and what they're asking for it's pretty impossible i can pretty see awesome. i can see james since they're not having an also game this year i can see james really sitting out the season and saying he's hurt like why sitting out the, mm. like you know Kawhi set out the season he wasn't even he says he wasn't he says he was injured but i don't think he really was that injured and i just didn't think he, he just didn't want to be in san antonio no more so mm. i mean uh that shows right there that what if he does that? And James Harden is a very durable player. He's never injured. He's always, right. he's always ready to play. But he loves to say he, – he always says, I love the hoop. So, let's see mm-hmm. the hoops, though. 
That's going to be hard. That's going to be hard judging Houston's history because remember when Hakeem did that in the 90s, they thought he was lying. They started finding him and everything. What if the same thing happens to Harden? I know. Interesting. Uh, we'll see. But um, they understand he doesn't want to be there. So we'll see what happens to these guys in the offseason. Right. And then let's see how the chemistry works. And, you know, but my man, Will, Will Cheney, it was great having you on. I got to end it oh quickly because, you know, I got family in the living room and they're looking to see me. So, oh, hey, oh yeah, but, I got you, man. I got you. But quick question. Whose podcast are you on right this second right now? Whose podcast am I on right now? Yeah. Man, Zoe's podcast, man, with the man Renzo the Don. You feel me? Yeah. I'm, you actually listen to my podcast, I think. Oh, my gosh. Did you know oh, that? Yeah. You I know I got to tap in. I knew it. I, I ask that question every time to see if people actually listen to my podcast. You do. Real love. And what oh, do you yeah. represent? And what in Will Cheney, what do you represent, my man? Well, right now I represent the In My Humble Opinion podcast. You Check know. it out. It's on it's on Apple Music. Well, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Have a visual episode coming up pretty soon that I think everybody's gonna like. So make sure y'all tune in and subscribe to that. Please do. My man Will Cheney, it was nice talking to you, man. Take care, bro. All right, you too, man. All right, G. I appreciate it. Anytime, my guy.